Well, welcome Pathway Church to all of our locations. Those of you who are watching online to this first week of our brand new series, Plot Twist. Now, at the Carter House, we got excited a few weeks back to go and see the new Avengers movie, Endgame. Who's seen that movie? All of our locations, who's seen that movie, Endgame? Great movie, super exciting. I would highly recommend it. But I would definitely tell you there was a plot twist in the movie that I didn't expect. Now, for those of you who haven't seen it, I'm not going to tell you what it was, but somebody does die. Uh, but now a plot twist, if you don't know what it is, is a literary device that really introduces a radical change of the, ex of the plot or the expected outcome of the story. It totally changes the direction of the story. And for the next 10 weeks, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about some of the most famous plot-twisting stories that Jesus ever told, and they're called parables. Now, parables are stories that have a, a deep spiritual truth that's hidden really just below the surface. You can't tell immediately what it is when you first hear the, the story. It's a spiritual truth that lays alongside the story. Parable literally means uh, alongside. So every week of our series, we're going to be revealing a deep spiritual truth about God that lays alongside uh, of the story that's hidden just below the surface. It's a plot twist. Now, uh, today we're going to be starting out with the parable of the sower. And the interesting thing about the parable of the sower is it's the only parable that Jesus ever told where he actually explains what the meaning of the parable is. And on the parable, uh, on the surface of this parable, it really looks like it's the story of a farmer, seed, soil, and a crop. But alongside the parable is a very significant message that Jesus wants to make sure for us that we get. Now, several years ago, um, some of you might know, I uh, was the student pastor uh, here at Pathway. And I would lead discipleship groups of young men to help them grow in their relationship with God. And many of these groups of, uh, or many of these young men, they turned out to be incredible followers of Jesus who have wonderful families and are really making a huge difference in this world. Y yet, others of these men, though they had the same access to uh, the, the spiritual realities of God, they got the same teaching. They had the same spiritual coaching. The, the, the truth was they turned out radically different from the other group. They ran into brick walls. They, 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 they stubbed their toes. And some of them even totally shipwrecked their lives. But what was the difference? What, was, what happened between these different two different groups of men? Well, the parable that we're going to look at today, the parable of the sower, tells us why different things turn out different for different people. So I want to invite you right now, as we always do here at Pathway Church, to open up your Bibles with me, or maybe you can flip in your smartphone uh, to Luke chapter 8, and I'm going to begin uh, reading at verse uh, 5 today there, the parable of the sower. It says there, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. 
Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on the good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than that which was sown. When he, Jesus, said this, he called out, whoever has ears, let him hear. Now, since kind of we're in Kansas, most of us are kind of generally familiar with farming and people scattering seed and and seed falling, and when it falls on the good ground, it it yields a crop, uh, and, and, and it creates different kinds of results, really, depending on what ground that it falls on. But I want you to focus here for a moment, not necessarily on the agricultural part of really what the story is about, but really what Jesus says right at the end of the story. Right at the end of the story, he says, he who has ears, let him hear. And what Jesus was saying there is he was saying, make sure, make sure you hear what I'm saying. Now, most of us here today, we have cell phones and we're familiar with ringtones. And I enjoy uh, hearing a lot of different ringtones, kind of get a chuckle out of them. So I thought today I wanted to play with you so you could listen to some of my favorite ringtones. So first I want you to check this one out. I love that ringtone because, you know, I'm a duck hunter, so I I love that kind of a ringtone. Now, another ringtone that I like to uh, listen to is is an 80s ringtone like this one. Yeah! Don't you like that? I mean, all the 80s people for sure. I mean, who can't like but like 80s music? Now, here's another ringtone that maybe you haven't been familiar with. This, This ringtone is called the Mosquito Tone. Check this one out. Can you hear it? There's some of you here today I know can hear it, but the reason that many of us here today can't hear that ringtone is because people 25 years of age and older can't hear it. It's inaudible to them because the frequency is so high and we've gotten old enough that we've lost the hearing of that frequency. And the way the mosquito tone came about was that people under the age of 25 wanted to be able to get notifications for text messages and phone calls and other uh, software notifications, and nobody else would know it when they would get them because it was the mosquito tone. That's why they, they did it. Now, the reality is, though, God's voice is very different. He always makes sure that we can hear his voice. And the main reason that different people turn out differently is not so much about their ability to hear but rather about their willingness to be able to listen. That's the main difference. Because the truth is, God is always speaking. God is speaking right now. He's speaking to each and every one of us. So the question is, how do you then hear the voice of God? How how do you hear it? Well, Jesus today in our parable, he explains how that happens. Verse 5 in our parable today, Jesus says, Some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Then in verse 12, Jesus comes back, and he explains what he's saying. He says, There are those along the path of the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So we can see here the seed in our story. It represents the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. It hasn't changed for more than 2,000 years. And we know that just like 
the, the seed of the gospel, it's just like an apple seed always produces apples. Kernel of wheat always produces wheat. And a seed of the gospel always produces Christ followers. The only difference is whether or not it grows is the soil that it's planted in. And so the hidden question today that lays alongside the parable today is what type of soil, what type of soil are you? What type of soil is your heart where the seeds of the gospel and the kingdom of God are sown? Are you really indeed open or closed to God speaking to you? Because the reality is, if, if you want to hear God, you have to be open. You have to be willing to be able to hear his voice. And I know that all of us today, at all of our locations, we're in different places in terms of our spiritual journey. I know that some of you here today, uh, you're not followers of Jesus Christ yet. Uh, you're kind of checking the whole God thing out. And I want to let you say, man, I'm super glad that you're here. You're totally in the right place at Pathway Church. I know that some of you uh, are new believers, that you've uh, been baptized recently or you raised your hand in a service. And I know still others of you, uh, you've known Jesus Christ uh, for a long time and you've been following him. But the question I want to ask you, regardless of where you're at, maybe in your spiritual journey today, is have you heard God speak to you? Have you heard God's voice? And the voice I'm talking about is not some weird angelic voice or an angel appearing to you. The voice I'm talking about is not necessarily God speaking to you in an audible voice. But the voice of God that I'm talking about that most of us experience most of the time, or that I know that God is speaking to us all the time, is a voice in our hearts. An impression maybe, another way to describe it is maybe an impression in your mind that you know comes from outside of yourself. You know that is from God. So we have to ask ourselves the question, why is it so many times that we don't hear that voice, though? Why don't we hear the voice of God? Well, I think sometimes the reason that we don't hear the voice of God is for some of us, we don't believe that God speaks to people personally. That's one of the reasons that we don't hear the voice of God. The other reason I think sometimes we don't hear the voice of God is we don't even think that's a possibility that God speaks to people, period. So if you have a closed mind, the reality is you're not, God's voice isn't going to be able to get through to you. If you, do, if you have a closed mind, you don't have an open mind to God speaking to you. Now, if you go back to our scripture and we go back to the first century, we know that in farms in the first century, as farmers would go out into the fields, there would be a path. And in, on those paths, those paths would have two characteristics. The first characteristic is that they would be hard because people would walk on them frequently. So there would be that, that path would be hard. And the second thing about that path is that it would be narrow. They wouldn't want to chew up a bunch of the ground with, with, with the path, and so it would be narrow. So as we think about the parable and we think about people, or you think about yourself, about yourself or about other people, are you hard-hearted or narrow-minded? Or do you know people who are hard-hearted and narrow-minded? And when I was thinking about this uh, a little bit, I began to, to think uh, about uh, my wife's uncle, Uncle Bill. And I actually had the opportunity in this last week to go see old Uncle Bill. Now, just to tell you a little bit about old Uncle Bill, Uncle Bill is a crusty, hard-hearted man 
And the only time he says God is when he says damn right after it. I mean, that's the kind of guy that old Uncle Bill is. And people have shared with old crusty Uncle Bill for years the good news of the gospel. But the truth is, every time the seed of the gospel would be scattered on old Uncle Bill's heart, it would just keep bouncing off. That is until this last week, when I had an opportunity once again to go see old Uncle Bill. And Uncle Bill is getting in the latter days of his life. But this week when I went and saw old Uncle Bill and I scattered the seeds of the gospel one more time on old Uncle Bill's heart, this time things were different. The seeds of the gospel finally penetrated old Bill's heart. And Bill, with kind of just with a deep breath, as he kind of, he received Jesus Christ and made Jesus Christ the leader and the Savior of his life. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord for old Uncle Bill. For people that we believe sometimes would never receive uh, the gospel, never become Christians. It didn't look like in any way from everything else that happened in the past, but Bill received Jesus as the leader and the Savior of his life. Now, many times the reason why that we're not, that we have, that we don't hear and receive the Word of God is because our hearts were like old Uncle Bill's used to be. It's hard, and it's narrow, and it doesn't want to receive the, the truth, the, the life that God wants to be able to give us. Now, as I was uh, talking to uh, old Uncle Bill this last week, I discovered that one of the things that really made his heart hard and his mind closed was bitterness. Bill had some experiences uh, previously in his life where he felt like God didn't answer his prayers. And so he was bitter about, bitter about it. And I think we all struggle in some degrees with, with feeling bitterness toward God sometimes because we don't, God doesn't do what we think that God should do. And so we start saying to ourselves, God, why did this happen? God, if you're such a good and loving God, why did these bad things happen to me or bad things happen to the people that I love? But the reality is not everything that happens in this world is God's will. People and circumstances are what hurt people, not God. Did you hear that? Other people and circumstances hurt people, not God. But I know in a church of our size, in all the different experiences that have happened to people uh, here at Pathway, that there's, there's, there's all kinds of reasons where we've asked that question about God. We, we've had some hurts. I know that some of you here, you've lost a spouse. I know that others of you here, you've lost a child. So there's hurt. There's this pain in your heart. How, why did that happen? Or there's others of you who have been abused, physically abused, verbally abused. Some of you have even been sexually abused. Why did that happen? Or others of you who have an unfaithful spouse that's, that's totally betrayed you. And I know others of you still, you've been directly hurt by a Christ-following person or by the church. And when all those different kinds of things happen, there, there's a tendency for us to say, God, if that's what you're like, forget you. I don't want you. No thanks, God. That, that's not what we want. And I want to say particularly to those of you who have been hurt by Christ-proclaiming people or if you've been hurt specifically by a, a, a church in some way, I just want to say to you, just so that you can hear it out loud, I'm so sorry that had that happened, that that's caused you to be bitter toward God. I'm so sorry that that's happened. 
To me, it's such a tragedy when those kind of things happen. And I want to say to you too, though, don't run away from God, run to God. Be, because God's the only one in the end who can give you comfort. God's the only one in the end who can give you peace. And God's the only one in the end who can bring a hope and a future to your life. That's indeed what God wants to do. Instead, I want to encourage you to do what James 1.21 says, where it says, humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Let God love you in the middle of that. Drop your defenses and allow uh, the seeds of life of the gospel just to be planted inside your soul that you can receive the life that God wants to be able to give you. Now next in our parable, Jesus goes on to say this. He says, some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because there was no moisture. And Jesus explains, verse 13, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. So next, in the soil of your life, are you driven by faith or are you driven by feelings? Just as the hardened path represents a closed mind, the shallow soil represents the superficial mind, a mind driven by feelings and not by faith. Now, much of the Middle East is interesting in the sense of it's on a big bedrock of limestone that's about five to six inches below the surface. So there's only really about three to four inches of top soil, which means plants can grow, but it's only in that top two to three inches there. So when the heat is on, plants tend to wither and die quickly because they have no roots. And what Jesus is saying here, this represents the feeling-driven person who hears the Word of God. It sprouts up. They get all excited about following God, very genuinely, and and, and for all the right reasons. But what happens is because it's so feeling-driven that, that in the end, when hardship comes, difficulty, when that ability to follow Jesus it requires sacrifice, man, it, and it doesn't meet those feelings, that feeling need isn't met anymore, and so they begin to wither and they begin to die. You know, it kind of reminds me of a young man several uh, years back uh, that I uh, had connected to my ministry. Every year I would see him go to church camp and Every year at church camp, he would have this really uh, catalytic experience at church camp spiritually. But then I began to notice year after year, this young man, he would always share the same story when he came back to church camp. The previous year, he was really fired up about God and really trying to follow God, and he did. He would go home, and he'd be deeply immersed in his church youth group and begin to share Christ with other people and begin to serve. But things, once again, got difficult. Hardship in his life. Some of his other friends kind of left him, kind of ostracized him. And then he began to kind of feel alone. And slowly but surely, those, that feeling part of his life, that need wasn't being met, and he began to fade away in his relationship with God. And pretty soon, he felt himself going back to those same old friends that he had. And before too long, he was out getting another Rocky Mountain high. And then he was back at camp telling the same old story again. You see, he had no roots. His faith was driven more by his feelings than by a deep commitment to Christ. Because you and I know, please let me say this, I think we all maybe intuitively understand this, as we follow Christ, know that sometimes we don't have an immediate feeling when we're following him, sometimes as we're obeying him, sometimes we don't have any good feelings at all, it's more feelings of sacrifice. 
But I want to tell you, ultimately, at some point in time in the journey, God blesses us. And we do, there, there are affirming kinds of feelings that come. But don't live your life and your relationship with Christ based on your feelings. You follow Christ first in faith, knowing that at a given point in time, the feelings will come. And there, there will be a richness and excitement for different kinds of reasons in following the person of Jesus Christ. But we've got to be faith-driven, commitment-driven, and not feelings-driven as we follow the person of Jesus. So ultimately, that we can produce that mighty crop. Now next, Jesus says, verse 7, other seed fell among the thorns or the weeds, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Then verse 14, Jesus explains, he says, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but they go on their way. They are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. So next, in the soil of your life, are you focused or are you distracted in the soil of your life? The soil with the thorns or weeds, this third type of soil that the farmer is throwing his seeds on represents the preoccupied mind or the distracted mind. The seed sprouts up and it grows, but it's choked out by the weeds around it before it has the opportunity really to mature. And Jesus says these weeds are like distractions in our lives. And he gives three examples. He talks about worry, riches, and pleasure. And when we get distracted by those things, they end up crowding God out of our lives slowly but surely. Kind of reminds me when I was growing up, my dad used to have this massive vegetable garden that was in our backyard. And in that vegetable garden, it, it was awesome but inevitably, there would be parts of that garden that wouldn't get focused attention. They would get a little bit neglected. And as a result of them not getting focused attention, there would be all these demonic weeds that would grow up and choke out the vegetables that were back there. So ultimately, my dad would command my brother and I to go out into that backyard and to pull some of those weeds so that something productive could grow. We didn't have to plant those weeds it was our neglect, our lack of focused attention that allowed those weeds to grow and then ultimately crowd out and starve out the vegetables that were there. And the same thing can happen to us. If we don't have focused attention on God and Him being supreme in our life, what happens is slowly but surely the worries, the pleasures, the riches of this life they begin to crowd in because of our neglect of listening and hearing God's voice and us getting more focused on those things. They crowd God out of our lives so that we can't hear his voice. It's not about our ability to hear. It's about our willingness to have focused attention and to be able to hear his voice. And ultimately what happens when we can't hear his voice is we begin to, he gets squeezed out of our lives and we miss out on all the fruit that Jesus wants to be able to give us. That's what he wants to do. He wants to be able to give us that fruit. Well, Jesus finally turns a corner in our parable, and he says in verse 15, but the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. So finally, in the soil of your life, are you willing or are you waiting? Because so many times in our lives, what happens is when we hear the voice of God and he tells us what to do, we're kind of going through a kind of a little bit of a mathematical calculation. We're deciding, okay, how much is this really going to cost me? 
how hard is this? And if we determine in our heart or in our mind that, that cost is too high, we kind of set it aside. I don't think I'm going to obey that one. We don't do it because it looks like the cost is too high. But God wants to be able to speak to those who say in advance, who commit in advance, they're going to do whatever he tells them, whatever he tells them to be able to do it. One of the things that I've begun to honestly be uh, desperately concerned about in myself, first of all, and then for all of Pathway Church, is we have a tendency to be auditors of the Word of God. And when I talk about auditors of the Word of God, I'm talking about the fact that sometimes we listen to the Word of God, but then in the end we don't do it, we do what the Word of God says. And what happens to us unknowingly there is when we get a lot of encouraging, cool, spiritual information about God, what happens is that when we get that information and we get inspired by it and we get encouraged by it, we think in and of itself that, that that's enough. And, and it makes us feel good. Us knowing the right information about God, it kind of gives us this tingly feeling about God. Not necessarily a bad thing, but what happens is that begins to be enough for us. And so we keep looking for more information about God because we like that tingly feeling it gives us when we might know more information about God. But what God says very clearly is he doesn't want us just to be hearers of the word, he wants us to be doers of the word. So one of the steps that I've been taking in my own spiritual journey that I really want to maybe encouraging us all here at Pathway Church to be able to take is this. Is first of all, when you, as you hear the weekend message or maybe you go to your home team and you hear something there that would be totally all in and all right about God and what he wants us to do in terms of following him, the first thing I want you to do that I've been doing is say, I will. I will, in the next 24 to 48 hours, I will obey God in this way. So you say immediately, in this time frame, in the next 24 to 48 hours, I will. And then you say, I'll share. I'll share what God has been doing in my life in some way with a believer or a non-believer in the next 24 to 48 hours. And then what you do is that you create kind of a, a marker for yourself, maybe like a week later when you're with an, another Christ follower or maybe you're with your home team, where you report on what your I will statement was and what you did, and you'll report on your I'll share statement and what you did as a result of that. And I promise you, when you begin to say I will and I'll share it and you tie it with the word of God, whoosh, I mean the kingdom of God, man, it starts flooding into your soul and flooding out of your life. It produces an incredible crop of righteousness and of his kingdom. And that's why it says in the parable in Matthew's account of it, he, it says it produces a crop 160 and 30 times what was sown when we do that. It does kind of remind me of a group of ladies here at our church that maybe you've heard me talk about before who have a ministry at a strip club here in town. Now let me emphasize here, this is a ministry for ladies, not for men, to be able to go to, this, to the strip club. But they've been casting their seed to the gospel in the strip club for almost five years now. And they've uh, had an incredible opportunity to develop relationships with these young ladies. They've had birthday parties for their children. They've shared meals together. They've had opportunities on numerous occasions to pray with them while they're there at the club. But at the same time, these ladies from Pathway would tell you they've been concerned about that, are they bearing fruit? Are they bearing the fruit that God wants them to in the middle of this ministry. Well, lo and behold, there's been some windows along the way, but particularly in this last 
month, they had an opportunity to meet with a young lady who had worked at the club and left. And she told them that she had surrendered her life to the person of Jesus Christ. She'd been baptized and she had gotten connected to a local church. And she told these ladies from Pathway, every time you came to the club, it totally changed the whole atmosphere. I knew it was God. Your prayers, your presence, and exhibiting the fruit of God's Spirit, it made all the difference in the world. I mean, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? See what God has done and to see, to know that He is at work and to be able to see the fruit that comes as a result. You see, those ladies, they had committed to themselves, I will and I'll share. And so I want to ask you today, what's your I will statement? For the next 24 to 48 hours, what are you going to do differently? What distraction are you going to eliminate? How are you going to be more faith-focused? Or how are you going to have your heart maybe more open to God? And what's your I'll share statement? Who are you going to share that with? About what God's doing inside of you, either with a believer or a non-believer. What's your I will and your I share? Because I know that if you do that, it's going to produce a bumper crop. And I want you to imagine what it would be like if all of us here at Pathway Church, we said, I will and I'll share. I'll allow the, the, the soil of my heart to be able to be a fertile ground so that God will be able to do whatever he wants to do whenever he says that he wants me to do it. The bumper crop that will be produced in our lives as we do that. To me, I get super excited about that for myself and about that for our whole church. So as we begin to close today, to me, we, we've got to pray about this. And so I, I want to do that right now. I just want to invite everyone, all of our locations right now, just to be able to bow your head, close your eyes with me. And I just want to spend some time talking to God about that right now. And as we begin to pray today, I want you to think about those four types of soil. And what holds you back from really bearing the fruit that God wants you to do? What area of your life do you need to grow the most in? Do you need to have more of an open heart? Do you need to be more faith-driven? Or do you need to eliminate some of the distractions in your life? What area do you need to get better in so that you can be a better Christ follower and bear much fruit? And so today, if you need to get better in any of those areas of your life so that you can bear more fruit, I just want you to raise your hand right now. If you need to get better in any of those areas, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you need to have more of an open heart, a faith-driven heart, or eliminate some distractions in your life so that you can bear fruit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I see hands all over. We need to grow. We need to get better. Me too. So let me pray for So Father in heaven, thank you so much that your words never return void. They always accomplish the purpose for which you have sent them. And God, I just pray that you would help us not just to be hearers of your word, but God, we'd be doers, doers of your word. And so I pray right now, oh God, that, that we'd be open, God, that we wouldn't be distracted, and that we would be wholly focused on you, that the soil of our heart might be a ready place to be able to grow the seeds of your kingdom, that we might bear much fruit, and that we might be a blessing, God, to all those people that you put around us. Now, as we continue to pray today, I know there are many of you here that you have just an eager desire for you to be able to have the fruit of God in your life. And the fruit of God in your life are, are those the, is the love, the joy, 
the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control. For you to be able to have that in your life and for you to be able to, to share that and experience that with other people. But I want to let you know today that you'll never be able to experience that until you get connected to the vine. And when you get connected to the vine, man, you get connected to the source, the source of life that will be able to feed your soul and so that you'll be able to have the power to be able to produce fruit in your life, that fruit of the Spirit that He wants you to be able to have and be able to share with other people. And so today I want to give you that opportunity to get connected to the vine. To be able to have Jesus Christ as a leader, the Savior of your life, so that you'll be able to have life and joy and peace and patience and kindness like you've never experienced it before, so that you can share that with other people. So don't miss this opportunity today to be able to have Jesus Christ as the leader, the Savior of your life. Man, you're not in church by accident. You're not here in this place and, and having those feelings and, and having this understanding maybe that you've never had before. So don't miss this opportunity. Pray this prayer with me right now. Oh, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge today that I've made some mistakes, that I've sinned. But today, Jesus, I choose you. I choose you to be the leader, the Savior of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross to be able to forgive me for my mistakes, for my sins. And thank you, Jesus, for the gift of eternal life and thank you, Jesus, for the gift of your Holy Spirit that now indwells my life and gives me power to be able to live a new kind of life that I might experience your fruit and be able to share that, God, with other people. Now, with everybody's head still bowed and eyes still closed right now, have you prayed that prayer? for the very first time, and you made Jesus Christ the leader and the Savior of your life, man, I want you just to raise your hand real high just as a sign to God that you're connected to the vine now and so that I can pray for you. Raise your hand wherever you're at. I see that hand back there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Raise your hand real high right now just to be able to say to God, God, I am all in. I praise the Lord. I see that hand over there. Praise God. Praise God. I see that hand back there. Praise God. You're so good, God. Thank you. Father in heaven, I just thank you so much for my friends, my brothers and sisters that surrendered to you today, made you the leader, the savior of their life, that they got connected to the vine today, the source of all life. God, I pray that they would just experience in a fresh and a new way your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, God. That they'd have the fruit of the Spirit, Lord. That they'd feel that, they'd experience that, and they'd show that, God, to other people. Lord, you are so good. You are always speaking all the time, God. God, help us more and more just have an openness and a willingness to be able to hear your voice. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.